and we are live once again every Tuesday at 8. You know you can catch the latest edition of the MCW cast. I'm Legacy MCW announcer Larry Legend. I'm MCW promoter Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome to the cast. And can I just say to the two of you first and to all of our viewers and listeners, may the fourth be with you all. I was wondering (laughs) who was going to do that. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And, you know, just like the kind of what brought us together talking about the real world and how it correlates to pro wrestling, one of the best good versus evil stories in all of cinema, I think, is the Star Wars canon. And just, you know, you find yourself rooting for the bad guys sometimes. And that's one of the things that makes great wrestling is kind of, you know, having an emotional attachment to someone like the Viper, Randy Orton, even though he's obviously doing the wrong thing. So, yeah, I just wanted to shout out, you know, all the Star Wars aficionados out there. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> well, it's, um, I can't believe we're in the month of May. Tell me about it. Yeah. You know, it's starting to get warm. We're going to need to turn this coffee into iced coffee before long in our, in our studio. <laughs> that was my beverage of choice today on the way here, actually. I had my iced coffee. Did you see that there's now like a, a, a very a variety of iced coffee that comes in a box like wine? It's cold brew. Yeah. Oh, it's the best stuff. You've not tried this yet? I have not tried it. Oh, my gosh. I've been I've been using this for like three years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm catching up. Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so good because it's ready. Because, you know, the thing is, you can't just take regular coffee and turn it into cold Indeed, brew. that's it's right. It's got to be double strength, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you can make, spe- you can buy special pods that are set up for iced coffee, but you can also buy the coffee in the box and it's great because then you just throw it in your cup, throw the ice in there and the cream or whatever, or libations or whatever you want to put in there yeah. and you are good to go. So, I definitely highly recommend that. Well, with that said, <laughs> you know, if you want to join the coffee club and, and donate to the go, MCW right. cast, maybe we can get a couple boxes of cold brew in here. Yeah, well, I want to also take this time to thank our continued supporters through the coffee club, but also to welcome and, and thank a new supporter, Rebecca Underwood. Thank you so much for your cups of coffee last week. We really appreciate that. That's right, keeping it good in the hood. Rebecca Underwood, shout out for, to you from all of us here at the MCW cast. Last week was fun, huh, with Renee? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, I, I, I know I say this over and over again, but every time we have a, a guest, it's like a trip down memory lane, uh, you know, just remembering her being the inaugural MCW Women's Champion. Um, you know, a championship currently held by Gia Scott, standout student from the MCW Academy. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was great to have her back and to see how accomplished of uh, a woman she's become. You yeah, know, she's really done well for herself. Oh, absolutely, and doing some big things on the horizon for yeah, her. I keep seeing her pop up on AEW Dark. And I hear I, I hear so. Impact is making overtures. You know, so who knows where we're going to see Renee pop up next? And that's just a testament to you know what we provide here a nice foundation to. Have you just blast off into the stratosphere, as it, as it were? I was actually more shocked when I walked into the studio that day and saw MCW general manager. Oh, uh, right. Phil. Yeah, Phil. Stamper, right? Yeah. I had no idea he was coming. In person. Well, I didn't yeah. even realize we were going to get filled in in person well, last I, week. And you know what? It, I'll never forget it. You know, when I got filled in right here by Phil. But hey, listen, you know what? If he's the general manager, then he better be doing general work around here. And you know, we're all getting closer and closer to the, the light at the end of the tunnel here with all of this global gimmick. And, you know, he I saw him tweet out a photo hard at, hard at work or doing some official business. And he had the MCW championship belt right next to him. So, you know, I'm percolating. Yeah, I'm starting to, the gears are turning. What was, mm-hmm. what was Phil really down here for? Was it to check us out or was he, you know... 
putting together, you know, possibly a bracket. You well, we know. do have a championship committee, so indeed, and yes, we do. So executive of that. So <laughs> well, so he was meeting with you. We did have some meetings, absolutely. So we have a lot of things in the works and a lot of things planned. Well, we got to get geared up. I think once we um once we kick things back off, uh, you know, we got a lot of time to make up for. Oh yes, we do. And uh, in the meantime, and in between time, of course, the MCW cast. But how about the road back? Uh, the road back to MCW has been just uh, an exciting, you know, feature every short Thursday night for me. Yeah, fifteen right, minutes, yeah. perfect time. Mm-hmm. You know, learning about, uh, you know, rush with some of the guys. And rush girls hour are doing in their their time off. Yeah, and one shout out to I keep getting these emails um, for fans that are down in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I keep getting these random emails, um, and I've answered them. But we have a contracted date for our Hollywood fans. Um, in Hollywood, Maryland, November 13th. That should, with luck, a little luck, be able to be our first show back to Hollywood. But they're so booked up. They're such a popular building down there that um, we've checked with them. We, we can't, they can't even add anything because they miss so many, um, you know, so many uh, proms and yeah. weddings yeah. and stuff like that 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 building does. So we do have a contracted and with a little bit of luck for our fans down in Southern Maryland, um, November thirteenth will be our return. We should be fine by the time we get to that. As we, so I just keep getting these emails. It's like all of a sudden, a lot of people from Southern Maryland are like hitting me up on Messenger and saying, "What's going on with Hollywood? What's going right, on?" Right, they're Hollywood? getting so, excited too. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit of ways, but hopefully that with everything, we should be fine by then, and that'll be our return to Hollywood. Great. All we got to do is make it to November. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll have a few more shows before then, just not in Hollywood. Right, just not in Hollywood. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of shows, if you want to check out some of our blasts from the past, you can always watch the um, Flashback Friday. Uh, this week we have Drolix with Amber Rodriguez versus The Bruiser with Lita. And that's all the way back from Autumn Armageddon 2014 in Harrington, Delaware. Harrington. I you, know. You remember our shows in Harrington? Yeah. <clears throat> Another shout out to you, speaking of Delaware, um, Ron Faison. Oh. Um, rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. The owner of the um, Delaware Auto Exchange. Um, he was also a manager in that area, Billy Bingo. Mm-hmm. Um, passed away. He had had a mm-hmm. battle with cancer. Um, his son had posted, his son CJ posted uh so it was sad to see. He was a really nice guy. He um, <clears throat> he brought us to Delaware. We did a couple shows at a Delaware Auto Exchange. He was a fan of MCW and um, just condolences to his family mm-hmm. and friends there in Delaware at the Delaware Auto Exchange. Yeah, it's always a somber thing, yeah. obviously, you know, with my family going through what it just went through to, to bring those things up. Uh, but we do send our condolences out to, you know, any of the family and friends of a a. a you know, a figure in our industry that we worked with, did great business with, had some great times with um, upon their passing. Also, uh, did you hear about Mongo McMichael, Steve McMichael? Oh, I read that. Did yeah, you? That's right. Do you know what's something amazing about? I shared that because I I got I got in the Twitter verse. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that. Did you see the video? I so Dan. A lot of the times I see these things, and I think I've mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. And I I I see the blurb. I see the photo. But I just I just keep going on because I feel like it's gonna affect me mentally. I feel like no, you gotta gonna... watch it. Okay, um, okay, you gotta watch it because uh, talk about a guy that's at peace with. Um, it was inspiring watching it. Like sad, but um, he talked about how he used how he was Superman all his life. He was such a big guy, but real at peace with where his life is and everything that he accomplished and everything he did. You know, playing for the the Bears and yeah. then mm-hmm. WCW and. Um, 
Yeah, I, I got choked up watching it, but it was also like a sense of peace because he also found his, his I guess, a second wife that, that's been with him for like 20 years that's supportive and there by his side. And um, Yeah, he really <clears> talked <throat> a lot about that, about yeah, how supportive she was. It was just really like yeah. he's at peace with his life, and he's like, I, mm-hmm. I lived a life, you know, that probably 10 men haven't lived together, you know, with everything I've done. Like, mm-hmm. it was just, re- it was touching and, and kind of... um comforting like watching it saying like man he's really at peace like he realizes where this is probably going yeah um but he's just at peace with everything so you you should watch it i'll give it a whirl you know like i said i'm just coming out of kind of a personal family tragedy Mm -hmm. myself so i saw that and as much as my heart went out i was going through you know so many things personally that i was like you know what i'll save that and (laughs) this is a great time to bring it up so thank you dan and i will i will watch that also real quick um i just found out that uh Corporal Robinson from IWA area has colon cancer and has been battling it for a year now. And the reason I bring this up, Dan, is because, you know, all of us Maryland fans know you, Corporal Punishment. But shortly after you donned that title, that that moniker, another corporal popped up out in the Midwest. And I, for a long time, I always wanted to know how did that come about did you guys ever have a feud did you feud over the name um <clears throat> no we didn't i think we talked one time because he was an ian rotten guy he's an ian, and ian is the reason that he even exists and is called yeah. corporal because you were axel's guy yeah and axel had thought of the corporal moniker for you yeah. uh your deal and ian just wanted to kind of stick it to axel so he got a kid maybe, out maybe i don't know possibly i, I think mean, that's we, the way we that joked, we um i think me and him talked one time but it, we talked one time about doing something it was brief. Yeah, I, I saw him at a show somewhere, but well, I mean, no, this, there was no, it wasn't any like heat or anything like that. Well, the similarities are very striking. I mean, you both right. wore the fatigues. I don't think he did the face paint, but right. you were both kind of that like you know brawler chair yeah. swinging kind yeah. of from the tree of Axel and Balls Mahoney. So yeah. I always wondered about that, but I, I did get the pleasure of announcing him a handful of times, and I wish him well through this battle as well. It's uh. It's not not funny business when no, we're talking about no, the answer. No, so. has is it? Well, he's been battling it for a year, and and, and here's the thing: it's kind of just like uh, Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, didn't tell, didn't tell anybody, you know. So there's something that's really just scary about that because yeah. you never know who is going through what, and you know, if mm-hmm. they feel comfortable, and you know, if you know the door may close on you know their life, you know, and you didn't even know, and the way that makes you feel. Get a little emotional, so let's let's take All it right. to you know right. what's the matter at hand, and that's episode sixteen of the MCW cast here. And that's right. Well, first we should say w- where you can check us out if you haven't already figured this out by now. Yeah. I'm sure give you us the watching, rundown. If you're watching on Facebook, make sure you share, like, and comment this feed right now. Right. Same with YouTube. That's right. Yep. So you can watch it, uh, watch it live, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. You can listen to it at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Castbox. And if you're listening on any of the audio versions, please make sure to subscribe. Um, to it helps the algorithm. Mm-hmm. It helps the reporting for the podcast. Um, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and you get them automatically delivered to you. That's right. Well, I got to tell you both, I don't want to wait any longer because we have got a guest this week for you, all of the longtime Maryland wrestling fans, just longtime wrestling fans are in for a treat. Our guest on the MCW cast this edition, 
my good friend, Mark the Shark Schrader, the original co-founder yes. of MCW uh, with you, Dan, yeah, your old partner. Yeah, we conversations, and I think Mark probably has his own introduction. I think uh, so, too. <laughs> that is going to yeah. do him as much justice uh, yeah, as he Mark, needs. Me and Mark founded MCW and Bonebreakers together in 1997. He was my original partner, um, so... You know, in a lot of ways, the reason we're here is because, you know, me and Mark, we were young kids and both of us, I think, were scared to do things by ourselves and we didn't have any money. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, I'm glad to have him here. So, yeah, we can talk about the beginning days and how we kind of, you know, started this whole thing, you know, um, 24, 25 years ago. Yeah, 20, yeah it's <laughs> a long time. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I like I said, I, I can't wait any longer. Let's take our first take little, break, right. little break, and then we'll be back with Mark the Shark Trader. Vince to the left, Vince to the right. All right, we are back with um, <laughs> Mark the Shark Trader. I think. Did you have an introduction? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Well, Kim was here, right? And now with me being here, this is really like the second segment of. People who swore on their lives that they would never be sitting across a desk from Dan McDevitt ever <laughs> again. So, well, well, it's good to have you too, Mark. Yeah, that's good to be here. Thank you very much it's for inviting me. Good to see me. you. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so for fans watching, um, Mark and I founded uh, in 97. Yeah. We started Bone Breakers first, mm -hmm. um, was a training center, which is now the MCW training center, but that was the origins of it. And then was it like, Less than a year later, we started MCW. Right, we in, we signed the incorporation part papers in April of '97, and then we started. Our, we had our first show on July nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Okay. So ninety seven is the birth, but we right. really didn't get up and running until right. that July. July. Well, yeah, because we were doing the stuff with the MEWF. and then we just kind of wanted to do our own thing, mm -hmm. um, and we kind of broke off, and then um, yeah, we kind of. We did our own thing. We were rebellious and walked out on a promoter that is now my partner in MCW. <laughs> yeah, so right. uh, we had some um, crazy Jerry Springer type um, story there, I guess, God. behind all of that. Oh, one we'll get circle. to that. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we can get to that too. Yeah. So how you been, man? I've been all right. Been good, you know. Um, still in the restaurant business, doing that uh, uh, since I left. Uh, boom, the wrestling business. I went to the restaurant business, and I'm still there. I love it. So you're working downtown. I I was at Hard Rock for eight years, right? And then um, I qu quit that, and then I was at F in Fells Point um, for two years, and then I left Baltimore, and then I start managing up in Ellicott City. Oh, so you are up in Ellicott. So you're up in Howard County. Oh, I'm up. Yeah. Okay. So now where I'm working, it's like six tenths of a mile from my house. Right. I pedal nice. my bike to work. It's great. Right. Right. Because <laughs> you know, right. it's quicker than driving, actually, and getting on Route 40. You know. So. Nice. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to since I since I left wrestling. So. So, um, we we had the first. When was our first fight? God, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about see, this. We before. incorporated in April. I think it was May. <laughs> May. May. <laughs> no, but was it the Arn Anderson book signing? God, <laughs> let's, let, no. We need to buy five thousand books. Yeah, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And sold thirty. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> we sold that many. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> My God. I mean, I mean, well, listen back to the show. I was watching the sh show with uh, Platinum Nat and the Holy Rollers, and the, some of the stories that, and I was like. 
this is so great, you know, thinking about all the stuff that we did and all the craziness. And when you really sit back and look at it and compare it to probably what you're doing now, it's just totally different. Totally different. Totally. It was, um, yeah, it was very cultish with us back then. I mean, it was, it was, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, culture and sure. everything is different nowadays. Um, you know, you have to run a place like this completely different. We were just really young kids and um that's all we wanted to do is be involved in wrestling so we pretty much never left i mean (laughs) the school i mean literally sometimes just days and Uh, we bathed in the sink um, yeah and just stayed there and and all of us it was just a big hangout um and it was like a big party but it was but it was there was also a lot of passion there i mean obviously we were oh yeah you know, wrestling and training and hanging out. And, um, yeah, it was very, And, very and that's different. why I think it, I wanted to wait until now to come back to talk about Bone Breakers because, you know, well, the statute of limitations is right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> 23 years, so we're safe. I think so. God, yeah, I hope so. I think yeah. we're safe. We're definitely. <laughs> God, how do, are we not in jail still? Oh, the, we. this conversation always comes up when we'll talk about getting conversations and we'll say, oh, remember we used to do this in Bone Breakers? And yeah. sometimes people will be like, you did? <laughs> yeah. You know what? what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, we should definitely have been locked up. Yeah. How, did, how did you get yeah. away with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just did it. Like, because that's what we just did. And that was where we did a lot of things. You know, when we were sitting there, how do we start, you know? And we had the the phone with the answering machine. And we had there was a show at the the Baltimore Arena. So I took my car and parked in in the garage and flyered the parking lot attached to the Baltimore Arena. And then we got kicked out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then when we started, we had nothing. Literally, we were (coughs) were, um, in our early 20s. Um, no credit. You know right. what I mean? Like I, we were remember the biggest accomplishment as us was the Azar brothers when we were like they, they let us. They like did a credit check on us and met with us and they like agreed to. You know, we signed a yeah. three year lease and didn't know how we were going to pay the second month. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, really, we yeah. scrapped our money together to get a the security deposit yeah. and a and a month's rent. Zero idea how we were going to pay the second month's rent. But what, that's right. We had got a voicemail. We were advertising a wrestling school that didn't exist. Right. <laughs> so for anyone who's like con men or something like that, you would think of us as con men. No, because we we did everything we said we were going to do. But well, I guess it's very possible that we could not have true. and we could have flopped. what happens in wrestling. I mean, how right. often does that really happen? I mean, that's, So, yeah, you we know, were a advertising <laughs> a wrestling school at the Baltimore Arena pre-social media days. Bonebreakers Pro Wrestling. We had come up with a name. We had got, we had, you know, the... Most of our money went to like the incorporation and then like flyers and then oh, yeah, the, the security months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we um we were flyering and we had a, a voicemail number with no address. Mm-hmm. And we were just taking names yeah. um and phone numbers and like yeah. when are you, where are you guys at? We'll <laughs> we'll call you back. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Well we'll call yeah. you back. We're uh yeah. We're, we're, it's a top secret facility right now <laughs> that we're not disclosing the address because we don't have anything. Right. And we yeah, just took it. a bunch of names until we had like 30 or right. 40 names. And then we're like, well, let's, we can do this. We can do this. We can do we this. Can sign a lease. Yeah. And we'll call these people. Yeah. And um, that's a story I've told here on the, of, of the, um, do you remember RJ? Oh, when yeah. When we, we, we borrowed Dennis's ring. Have you, you've heard Oh, this. yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. told it on the cast. Well, yeah, yeah. We borrowed <laughs> Dennis's ring. 
just be and he had ring rentals that weekend but we were like we just need it for the tryouts because we've called all these people on the list and said come to a tryout and they came and then people gave us money and signed up and we had had contracts but then we had to give Dennis his ring back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when everybody got to the school the following Tuesday for the first day, RJ being the first one, there's no ring. Yeah. Like and uh, like RJ's looking at us like, like you guys got me. Like right. we like you know what I mean. You got <laughs> yeah. me. And it was yeah. um. And then we just I, what do we tell them? Like oh we gotta you guys gotta you don't deserve to be in the ring yet. We made up some <laughs> crap. <laughs> That sounds about right. You haven't earned the ring yet. You gotta you (laughs) gotta learn on the floor. That's right. (laughs) On these mats. These mats that we got out of the dumpster (laughs) behind (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like is they give it away. We found it on like freaking someone was giving away. I was exterminating at the time and somebody had a a mat, a piece of a high school wrestling mat. It was a piece of one. It wasn't even a full one. Not even a full one. It was like the one side. Sorry, but I had to stand around the edge of it so you didn't fall off and get hurt. But uh or get, hit the cement, but anyway, but yeah, I picked that up, and that was that was mat. it. That, that was, was it. We told him you got to pay your <laughs> dues, yeah. brother. Yeah. So you start out on the floor, <laughs> and right. then once we got the money, yep, from the couple kids that signed up, RJ included, we thought we got enough for a ring. Yep. And second month's rent. Yep. And we were off, and we were off and running. So I got a question now. I know that you both have origins from MEWF, and I know that you got tired of being hustled, essentially conned by that promoter. How did the two of you? My partner now. Your, your <laughs> partner now, yeah. But how did part you, two, MCW. you two get together to be like, we're going to break away? And was it just you two? Or no, and have- to their credit, yeah. So, I, of course, I think as you get older with wisdom, right, like me and Mark have talked about this. And, you know, we had a, a bad relationship in the end when, when we split up with MCW. But we've looked back and go, God, like we were so dumb. We were. Like it just – dumb young kids you know making bad decisions and the same thing with the split off from the mewf because t- lucifer tim was really who we had the issue with um and you look back like we probably i mean hey it started mcw and here we are today but we probably should have went and said hey like we had had dennis had been really good to us mm-hmm. Like, we probably should have, but we were that rebellious, like, we're going to do our own thing, and we're going to take over the world. Well, and it made for a more intriguing storyline when, fast forward a few years later, and then there was the MEWF and MCW thing together again. That was the best times, I felt like. (laughs) Those were some of the best times for me. So we did. We definitely both started there, and that's how we met, and then we realized that we both had the same a lot of the same friends and ran in the same circles but we just never knew each other because i was from catonsville he was from woodlawn Mm -hmm. if you know the mayor they're pretty close and then you know and we had kind of got to be friends and um we had gotten to be friends through mewf and the fact that we had some of the same circles and then when I, i i wanted to do this school like i had had this idea and um like I approached, you know, I approached Mark because a lot of people, like one included, was Axel because Axel was Axel Rotten was always someone like we put him up there at the figurehead, but he never like put in a die. Like he never, he wouldn't. Never. It's funny too because for all that he would take credit for, and this isn't just bashing a dead guy, um, but it, it it is true. Like it is completely true. Like for years he would take credit for like the success and hey I it was because of me that these guys got off the ground but Axel 
just trashed us for six months. You're wasting money. Stop. Why are you guys signing the lease? You guys are stupid. He was like the most non-supportive <laughs> right. guy, oh, of yeah. like burying us and like, oh, man. And then kind of like, oh, I'm going to, man, I'll wait till you guys lose your butt and you're signed it because we had signed like a three-year lease. I think it yeah. was kind of ballsy, really ballsy and dumb. But I guess we were both thinking, like, well, we don't have any credit or any money, so we'll just file bankruptcy. <laughs> we don't have anything <laughs> else. What yeah. are they going to well, do? It doesn't work. Yeah. I think we kind of had yeah. that attitude. We just won't yeah. pay it. What right. are they going to take from us? Yeah. We don't have anything. Right. Right. Like, so it was kind of ballsy and that, probably, just mm-hmm. being not having enough to be like, well, who cares if this doesn't work? But we yeah. just were determined, really, to make mm-hmm. it work. And that's kind of how it happened. And we were also the only t- really two from – that side, that of, side town. of town yeah everybody was from the other side of town yeah so we're kind of like bonded you know like and we did we had common friends mm-hmm. we knew we hung out same places you know it, it was uh, some of the things school. one of the things i think that kind of bonded us too like because so 90 this was so you're going back a couple years before we started bone breakers so this is like 93 94 right no internet no social media um wrestling wasn't as out in the open like it is now and even though people knew people didn't know and people had questions about whether it's real this and that so we basically because we had some of the same friends we would work them like and we would yes. talk at the wrestling school and then uh-huh. he'd say something like there it's like vip pool yeah. hall he'd say something like yeah. oh dan sucks <laughs> He's a, and then, of course, my friends would chirp to me, and we worked our friends into where we ended up having matches with each other, and they would come. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know what tickets. I mean? A group yeah, of 30, right. 40 yeah. people yeah. would come because they're like, oh, Dan and Mark, because yeah. we would work. <laughs> uh-huh. And we never we, we were going to do a work fight at VIP. We didn't do that. Yeah, we were going to so. actually get into right. this pool hall. Uh-huh. We were talking. So, And our friends, our mutual friends, totally bought right. that, yeah. like, Dan and Mark – like, yeah. oh, man, they don't like this. It's going to be a – you know what I mean? Like, we worked them. <laughs> yeah. We, and we kind of, like, bonded through that. Like, we're like, I can't believe they really believe this. Another yeah. thing we bonded through, if you remember, was uh, Ian Rotten. Yes. You know, when he was putting on this big show and this fake show that never happened at Catonsville. And, and I'm like, we're, we both had sold a lot of tickets. Mm-hmm. And we were looking out for each other, you know, when we found out that this isn't happening. Yeah. We got to get this money back. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. We that bond, get, yeah. 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 That's what Ian, that's how he moved to Louisville. On yeah. Money. Never, and, never came back. No. Yeah. Never and my, back. my parents for a lot of them, because I had had my dad and, you know, my, and my mom, because we grew up in Catonsville and uh-huh. I knew business owners. Yeah. I had people that bought blocks of tickets. You remember Roddy Piper versus Mr. Perfect. I remember that was the advertising. Like, he had the show posters and oh everything. God, yeah. He was like living with total, total, total bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and he'd a come show down that was never. Say, oh God, I, I, I can't get off. I'm late getting here because God, I can't get off the phone with Kurt Henning. He's running his mouth all. Yeah, you're like you're lying. You could just well, tell this guy's yeah, lying. Yeah, and the show was never, never. Now, again, pre-internet, right? So like, think word didn't travel as fast. So it was a couple weeks into it. We were four weeks into promoting it, mm-hmm. three weeks out yeah. from the show, when like. I can't remember Dennis or the maybe the commission was like, hey, there's this show. Like, they got a hold of me. I heard you have something to do. You know, I was like, well, yeah. And and I didn't know Dennis at the time. They were like, who's the promote? Like, this show isn't approved with the commission. There's nothing in. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started questioning Ian. Like, and Ian, like, I've sold. I, I had sold, like, 150, 200 mm-hmm. tickets myself. Yeah. yeah. You know, because it was my old high school. I had only been graduated two years there. And, 
you know, and then, you know, we were selling tickets based off of Mr. Perfect versus Roddy Piper. And um and then I got <laughs> like a hold of Dennis and Dennis was like and then Dennis was hot. Huh? What's that? <laughs> like Roddy Piper and Mr. Perfect at that time yeah. would be doing the circuit at Catonsville High School. That's, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but it would be like say like Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Right. right. Now, like guys, so you know what I mean. Like all of a sudden we're like people are like what Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman and you know Joppa High School. <laughs> yeah. Like what they're on. He just did WrestleMania. Like they were they but they were both like just out of WWE obligations mm-hmm. at the time. So it was like, yeah, it was yeah, obviously. Yeah, right. okay, yeah. So yeah, and then and then when I started questioning Ian once Dennis and I was like, oh well, the guy, this guy Dennis Whiprack's the promoter, mm-hmm. and then I they, he was like, you can call Dennis Whiprack, and I called Dennis, and then Dennis is like, dude, I've told Ian he owed him money from a previous show that he had stiffed him on, and he said I told he goes that is not in with the commission, I don't know anything about it, and then yeah, and then all of a sudden, poof, Ian was gone with the money, with, with the, the ticket money, money. with mm-hmm. the ticket money, yeah. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. And my parents, um, my parents, did a lot. They put up a lot of a couple grand, like because I had had friends that were business owners that bought blocks of tickets, and that's you know that's like the that was my introduction to really the carniness mm-hmm. of yeah. pro wrestling. Um, yeah, well, you had so. a great great teacher in Ian Rotten. <laughs> yeah, still doing yeah. it out there in Louisville. Mark, would you do hustle some pool games to you know pay back the t- the people who bought tickets and there was no show? I didn't give my, my money to Ian. Yeah, you didn't. I, that was my mistake. I, I had given my money to Ian. Every, yep. Because I, I remember like, being Ian was like, I gotta, I gotta get Kurt Henry's right. plane ticket. I gotta get Roddy Piper's plane ticket. Yeah. But it was Dennis and, um, who told me. I remember Dennis was like, I don't know, I don't know where we were, but Dennis was like, Nope, I don't know nothing about. That's not me. Right. The commission don't know anything about it. Sorry. Right. And I was like, yep. Yeah, and you hadn't, but I had, and that was my mistake because he, mm-hmm. he had pitched me on. We got the, I got to get the plane tickets bought, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. And yeah. then, so so through all of that, we had we had gotten um, oh, and then then we had a show. Then Dennis helped us get a show. Right. We actually did one at Catonsville. Right. Was that? Yes, we did. Yeah. We actually did one. Um, it wasn't Kurt Henning versus uh, <laughs> no, I, no, it wasn't no. I think it was me and yeah. Cat Burglar. Yeah, like <laughs> Kamala versus yeah. Brooklyn Brawler or something like yeah. that. Not, not quite as much of a draw or no. something like that. I can't remember what was that. <laughs> doink. Yeah. It was Doink. Was it Doink? Doink the Clown. Doink, yeah, we doink always, of course. Doink always the Clown was on top. And, right. um, <laughs> and then Anyone I got a concussion doink. and you broke the pool stick over my head. That's right, yeah. Wait, your first you got a concussion and then he broke the pool yeah, stick? Yeah, that was, or that was my, we always okay. talk about my concussions. That literally was concussion number one. Yeah. That was I Believe I yeah. Can Fly? No, 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 no. That was, that was my, I believe, this was um, against Chad Austin. Uh-huh. And it was like my third or fourth match. Um, but because I, I was like, after that whole debacle and then Ian split and then like, I felt like a fool, of course, and, and, the, and the high school was real excited about doing the show. Then I got with Dennis, and then we worked it out, and Dennis promoted it, and um, we did a show. Um, and I was trying to get money back. I wanted to make some money off the show and give it back to my parents for mm-hmm. you know they had, you know, and um, yeah. And I wrestled Chad Austin, and I got a concussion off of a he was, uh, Chad at the time did um he did like the Chris Benoit clothesline. Where the, the, hooking, mm-hmm. the hooking. and where he'd follow. You remember, yeah. like Chris mm-hmm. Benoit would throw him off, and he'd follow real, and then hook mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. and he did that. And uh, I, I was just really green, and you know, yeah. But then I and he caught me, and I landed on my head, and that was that was concussion number one. But after it, 
you hit me with the pool cue, and we the pool he jumped me, of course, to work our friends. Mm-hmm. But then we, when I was I was out, then we sold to them that Mark gave me the concussion. Yeah, but he really yeah. didn't. Just to you know, but that's we you know for a year or two. Yeah, we probably had our friends, and they drive to Dundalk. This group of friends and they just we like, worked them the whole time it was like time. woodlawn versus canes it was like really was was that a high school rivalry yeah, yeah. Well, well, it was was i'm not from here so yeah. i don't know these little neighborhood yeah. Yeah, it was. And rivalries we just, we yeah. just basically worked it and and then that's kind of how our friendship and then when i you know wanted to do the school i asked mark and then and then, and then we were off to the races yeah you know, we were able, you know, because we lived at home, we were able to take the money we were making and reinvest it. And that's kind of what we did and how we got off the ground. And Yeah. And then the did. other schools were closing and opening, closing and opening, M- moving. That's why, and of course, that's why Axel and everybody were just like, yeah, oh, you this got, doesn't work. These guys, you got guys that have been in the business 20 years, can't make it work. And you guys are going to. Right. And we were just kind of like, yeah. yeah, we're going to. I think the last one was when, when um, the school was in a, in a, a building where it was wall to wall. Was the ring, mm-hmm. and the ceiling was about this high too. It was putting a wrestling ring in this area, and then on the other <laughs> side was a flower shop. So if you hit the ropes on this side, all the ladies' flower baskets <laughs> fell on the floor. So yeah, we weren't so allowed you to hit the one side. Right, right, you could only hit the one side. You could hit yeah. the one side. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. You know, yeah, literally the ring just fit. Yeah, because it, wow. it was um like. It wasn't like a warehouse like we had bone breakers or here. It was uh, right. like storefront. Right. So just right. like the storefront. <laughs> and literally the ring just fit. And that's the truth. So, so, so if you the, walked in the front door and needed to go to the bathroom, you had to, to go, go through, through the, the ring. ring. <laughs> you couldn't walk around it. There was no room. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This wasn't our school. This was a school. This was a school in. Wow. This was the local school in Maryland. Yeah. You know, the, the one that would open and close three months later. Yeah, Exactly. You know, that's about what it was. They missed, you know, they pay the first month. They didn't pay the second by the third, by the third third month. And they're getting evicted. And then then we're calling each other. Do you know where the school's at now? Yeah. I went to go practice, said we're closed, you know, but they have my money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, luckily, bone breakers never had that reputation ever. That's right. That's followed through on all of your students. Yep. And uh, that's one of the best things about MCW is this long lasting Mm -hmm. uh, reputation that we have. That many, many other promotions and particularly training centers mm-hmm. do not have. Yeah. Um, so, well, we're going to talk about that when we get back from this short break, and uh, we'll hear more about our MCW legacy and interactions with you and okay. Mark the Shark. Thanks. All right, MCW fans, we are back here live, episode 16 of the cast with Mark the Shark Schrader. And, um, you know, I, I want to take this time right now. Just to thank you, Mark. Uh, you taught me so many life lessons, not just about this business, but even in, in just maneuvering in the workforce. I remember when I, I first moved to New York, you were my number one reference for a lot of the jobs that I was applying for because I knew you knew my work ethic and you were an advocate of mine the entire Absolutely. time that I was uh, around the office. But I seem to remember distinctly by the time I got immersed and I was rocking and rolling, so we're talking uh, 2001. There was a lot of tension between you and Dan. I remember a couple times I came in and like the office was being straightened up and you, know, you were you were putting all the Hasbro figures back in place and Well, you know, I think what happened was in the beginning we had we had such a passion for it and then we were growing and didn't really know how to deal with it. Yeah. I don't think. And and I, I And know, we were making mistakes that a we lot. shouldn't have made. A uh, lot of yeah. mistakes. Um dumb things that that you know, and we were definitely growing fast, and and um, it was also a lot of pressure because we had 
taken 20 guys and had them leave an independent locker room and promised them, yes. hey, we're going to start something better. Right. We're going to start our own promotion. So it was a lot of pressure, like, now we have to do it. Because right. at <laughs> first it was just a wrestling school, and that, and we were fine with that. And, and we took our mm-hmm. students, and they we trained our students, and they wrestled for MEWF or whatever. But then when we just got frustrated at the time with MEWF, with Dennis and Tim, it was more Tim, um, we – we kind of held our gun to our own heads. <laughs> yes, like, we did. Yeah, we didn't realize how much it was to start, and how much it took to start a wrestling promotion, mm-hmm. and how much extra work it was going to be. But we, because the the walkout happened on a whim, right? And we were like, just we'll do, forget this, like forget yeah. these guys. We're going to go. We're going to do our own thing. And then it was like, now the pressure's on us, right? And we got to do it. So all that mounted up, and really, kind of instead of being adults and talked about it. We just got mad and yelled at each other, and then we right. start fighting. And then it was a lot of money too. And then yeah. the other thing too is, like, talk about two thousand one. My daughter was born in two thousand, so now I have this other responsibility. In the beginning, we didn't care as long as I hadn't, we had enough mm-hmm. gas to put in our car. Mm-hmm. It was one thing, but now I got a daughter to worry about. Yeah. And then I was really looking at things a lot different, and I was trying to make sure that I provided for that. You know, mm-hmm. so. And then the money was there, and we were trying to put money into the promotion. Every penny was going into promotion. I'm going, wait, you know. So there was always a, a tension back and forth with that. And like I said, and, and by the way, the reason MCW is so great today is because of me, because it wouldn't have happened if I le- if I had stayed around. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I just didn't see the growth that you did, and I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't, and I lost the passion for this. I mean, yeah. I just did. I, was, I mean, I don't even watch wrestling anymore. I really mm-hmm. don't. I watch a little bit every once in a while. Like, the only match I would want to really see right now is, like, um, that guy, um, Orange. Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, yeah. yeah. Like, in a state where there's no state athletic commission with him and New Jack. Like, <laughs> see how long, wow. see how long <laughs> you keep your hands in your pocket then, buddy. You know? Right, um, right. But so, you know, like, I, but I left and, and I lost the passion for it. And if you don't have the passion for this, it doesn't right. work. And you always had it. But it's I, a and passion I, I, project for it sure. It really is. Yeah. And I, I knew yeah. too, like, that you weren't just, you were just like, I'm so tired of this. Yeah. And that's what, um, you know, instead of probably having the conversation of saying, like, again, like adults, adults, right. and saying, hey, Mark, if you're at, why don't we work out a buyout or something? Right. Like, I would just be like, how dare you? (laughs) How dare you lose the passion for this? This is our life. Right. Of course you want to quit, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and then it would be a fight. But um, as that tension built, I guess there was a, a great story. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I probably was, a true classic, really. Indeed, it, well, it was definitely one that I'll never forget. Um, I, I, I was there for a lot of that tension. I felt it was really palpable. Um, yeah, you at, saw, and you saw probably some of the fist fights. Well, no, I always heard about them. I always heard about them. I was never present for them because I don't think that you guys wanted me to see you behave that way. Because you had to remember, I came to you like pretty much. Vince and Linda, you know, <laughs> like, so that's well, how, well, because you, you handled the money, uh, right, right, you know, right. you were, yeah. you were the books, you know, and yeah. you were the creative that felt like, yeah. no, I, I'm being honest, I'm, I'm not anything silly. if I'm not honest, but I can remember one time there was a time where you had just had a fight and, you know, Mark, you were telling me, yeah, me and Danny turned this office into hell in a cell the other night and I'm like, what? I can't believe it. Well, we went out flyering. Uh, I was with Ty Marks, mm-hmm. um, who was training for a long time and kind of had become an office admin with me uh, by that time because he was kind of 
I don't know, knee or his neck or something. Um, and we were coming in. Um, and it, the funny thing is, is Ty and I were just talking in the car about like how oh yeah how I, thought, was. I, I think I thought Danny was about to punch Mark right in the face yeah. and I was like yeah well Mark would have went down but he would have punched him back I bet <laughs> you know like kind of going back yeah. and forth we come into the school Bone Breakers and uh, the way that you walked into school when you walked through that first door you all the way back there was like a counter and there was a window over here and that was where Danny sat and there was a window over here and that's where Mark sat so two yeah. windows counter in front. We opened the door. It was like as soon as we opened the doors when voices started to kind of raise. Like, I'm like, damn, we're walking in on something. Well, timing couldn't have been more perfect because we saw you and you guys, like to give it from our point of view, we had had a friend that had stopped in that was a police officer. And he had had his gun out and all, you know, (laughs) he had had the, the clip pulled out. He was showing us the gun, this new gun he had just got. So he was completely safe. He had had the safety on, had the clip pulled out, and he was showing us. And you couldn't see him because I was at a window, like he was in the. It area. just looked like you and Mark were just in the like office. Me and, Mark. Yeah. and I said, "I don't know why." Just cl- I said, <laughs> "Give me the gun," and I saw you and Ty. And then I just said to Mark, "We're like this timing." I was like, "Just go with me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we started raising our voices yelling and at the time i was dating kim Mm -hmm. and um candy and i had just started and i had just ended a relationship with a girl that i had been with you know for a long time and um i knew like mark didn't really care for it because he it was tension because he liked christy and the way me and kim got together was wasn't the best it was kind of crappy um so we that was the trigger like we started going back and forth, and he started talking about Kim. And you and Ty, who are obviously right out there, what was hard for me not to laugh, I remember, because you guys were trying to now act like you weren't paying attention. We, we started slowing us. our pace. Like, we yeah. came in like to be like, yeah. oh, we're done the flyer in. But then once we opened the door and the voices were raised, and you, it was like, something from over here, something from over there. We started, like, walking like, okay, should we turn around? Like, and we were, you know. For context, this is not a big space. Like, there was no. nowhere to go. I mean, there was the ring, the office, the little tiny area with the sofa. So once you were already in the door, there was nowhere to go. Yeah, you're in there. And uh, we tried to slow our pace down. And then. And then Mark says something about Kim that was really brutal or whatever. But obviously we were working. And then I I stand up and I'm in front of the window and I say, like, F you. And I pull the gun up and pointed at Mark and Larry and Ty gone. Ty froze. froze. I was gone. You were gone. I was gone. There was a trail of dust. There was a trail of dust. The papers were flying through the air. Along with a very (laughs) (laughs) high-pitched... Right, right, right. right. Usain couldn't have caught you. And nothing could have caught me. Yeah, caught I was out. You know? Nothing could have caught you. And you're right. Ty just completely froze. Yeah. Like, couldn't believe what he was seeing. Right. You know? And again, this is 20 years ago. With everything that happens in society now with, like, the mass shootings and stuff like that, we would never even pull that joke. So, right. like, for anybody that's like, oh, my God, I can't believe right. they would joke about this. This was 2001. This stuff like that. Wasn't it wasn't it was a happening. different world. It was a different <laughs> world a different twenty world. years ago. So for anybody that would hear this and think like I can't believe they would do that with all it was a different time twenty years ago. No, it certainly was, yeah. <laughs> well it was different, but remember we did have the ninety five sniper. We had just gotten out of that 
that era of the the sniper. Yeah, but Remember, it wasn't as common. It wasn't as it common. Was, it wasn't as common. This was before. This was before. Wasn't this before? I thought this it was sn- right after. I know. I, it's was the say. sniper in '95? No, no, way. no, no. I was no. at Bone Breakers. I was no, a new yeah. a new admin assistant at Bone Breakers. We when closed the sniper. up in 2003. The, sni- so this, t- the sniper was when I broke my neck, which was summer of 2002 and i, I joined because i was doing commentary with jeff at the studio and i remember having to drive and be I was constantly on the lookout like oh is it the white box truck right you know? yeah, like that. Right. So that, that was that down was... in that area and we were going to buoy for the studio that's right right yeah mm-hmm. and that's we were right. we were saying that the sniper was kid sex a oh my god <laughs> And I was oh, doing, I and I was doing, I was doing my, I was doing my vending business at the time, oh, and right. I had a white van, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so did I Chad. had a white van, and I remember just, and like driving down the road, everybody, like, I remember <laughs> just being, like, everybody was staring at That's him. <laughs> so you're right; it probably was around the same time. Yeah, it, it was, might I, have been just before it or after. During it was around that time. Yeah. Um, it was cold when the sniper was doing his thing, and it was hot when that. That incident right. happened. Yeah, so, all right, so it was I think it was right after. after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I get a question real quick. Um, from my perspective, also being immersed into the MCW uh, Pro Bone Breakers kind of family at that time, I noticed a distinct kind of there were Mark's guys or Mark's students, and then there were like Danny's guys or Danny's students, where it was like certain people would go to you for something. You know, or they wouldn't go to Mark or you would say, don't go to Mark about that. I'll handle it. So I don't think it was that, to be fair. I think it was um, Mark was a shoot wrestler and a shooter and liked all like the chain wrestling and shoot wrestling and grappling. And I was just really like, you know, I I was good at like psychology and putting matches together. Mm -hmm. So to be fair, I don't think it was necessarily that as much as we kind of we kind of taught two different things. Like when guys, sure. would you say yeah, that? Yeah. Like you would always do the warm-ups with guys right. and do like that amateur uh-huh. mat wrestling. Yeah. And when we're putting matches together and doing psychology, that was kind of like, mm. I think, where I was a little better. Right. Like I hear you. That, that, yeah. I think it was just about each other's strengths. You know, as so trainers. no, like good cop, bad cop, or like no, you know, that was, and that was before like RJ and Keenan and guys. We got guys, you know, because obviously for a, a couple years it was me and Mark doing everything right. and training until we we trained people underneath of us and got you know guys like RJ and Keenan and Ronnie Zuko stepped mm-hmm. up and started a. So you know something you actually just enlightened me to something. Probably what it was was that there were students of y'all's like a Quentin that was way more into that chaining grappling part of the combat, and then you've got your Ronnies and your yeah, like I, you RJ, know who, I definitely right who was way more into the uh, the and arc and of the story. Match, yeah, yeah like so stories together I guess maybe I felt that there was like kind of probably, a little loyalty, you know, to like Mark's school. I don't school. think so. As much as it was just kind of like we just did two different things. That was my least favorite yeah. part of training was like the chain wrestling. Like mm-hmm. anytime I would get there and it, oh get down on the mat, oh, God. I would yeah. volunteer for I it. I hated it so much because I didn't know it. I, in sure. fact, when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader and I would never do the winter sports season because I didn't want to cheerlead for wrestling. Like I loved professional wrestling, but mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. like amateur wrestling at all in right. any way shape or form so that was my least favorite part and i dreaded it every single time like i would be in the car being like maybe i'll maybe there'll be traffic and i'll miss the chain wrestling like <laughs> i mean i really hated it and yeah. also i don't like sweat and so i had to be in very close proximity with men and yeah. i don't like it when they sweat on me so there yeah. was also that 
<laughs> yeah, I was all for like every once in a while they would throw me in there just to like practice and, and you know, toss around. I'll never forget when RJ put me in the splatel, which if any amateur wrestlers out there know that maneuver, it is a very it's a very stretchy move, okay? God, uh when you get put so in strong. that. Yeah. God. And once you're in it, you can't get out. You can't even you, move. RJ? Oh yeah. Yeah, he was he God. was a bull. He was he an was. ox, yeah. Well, I have a whole box of his high school wrestling VHS tapes if anybody's uh-huh. interested in reliving those moments. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was it. I just think it was I just think it was um kind of we just did two different things. So, yeah. Mark, do you think you did better with the girls? Like Flipper, I remember was one of our last uh students, you know. By that time you weren't really doing anything no, out there, no. right? Both you know? kind of gotten no. out. By we that time, like RJ, John Lakato, and John you know. Lakato, Ronnie Zuko mm-hmm. were kind of doing the training. We kind so of he was in it. the office. I was in the <laughs> office. I could care Still less. The that was the other thing too. Keep in mind that's and, and we talk back now, like, but we were young kids. It's all we wanted to do. Like, <clears throat> we really should have, you know, in our in our early twenties, where we were at. That's that's why, like, we have the, I have the school, and you know, for years now, ten years now since it's been back. Two days a week. Yeah. Four days a week it. was too much. We I were mean, it six was... days a week at one time. Oh, my when, God. We started, when, I, when I signed up, we it were was only Tuesday, Wednesday, one Thursday, day. and Saturday. Yeah. We started. Yeah. And not like four hours at a time. We'd be open like 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh we would. We'd be open yeah. like, you know, my, like Monday through Saturday and like Monday through Monday, Monday through, through Friday. Friday we'd be open 10, like Saturday and Sunday. No, was, one to we, four. But for a while we were open before one that. We'd open to like, yeah, like mm-hmm. like yeah, like early in the day. We'd we yeah. ten. We'd open at like three in the afternoon. Yeah. And then and then we would have people say, well, I could train in the morning. And then we'd say, OK, like remember this guy, <laughs> yeah, like a couple guys yeah. from like Waldorf and like, all right, well, we'll come down. I'll come down with yeah. you Tuesday and Thursday, like 10 mm-hmm. in the morning to yeah. two. So we were literally there all the time. And that caused so much stress. We, we and so we couldn't work other jobs. Mm. Yeah. So there was the, the peanuts mm-hmm. that we were making. We were trying to live on. And that's where Mark said, like. You know, he got he had a, a kid, and obviously that changed, and I didn't have that responsibility. I do now, and I get it. But at that time, we should have probably had a schedule of, like, two days a week and right. both maintain shoot jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we probably – if we would have done that, 90 – Mark would probably still be my partner today, you know, realistically, and – 90% of the stress would have never happened, but that comes with wisdom. and all, You know what I mean? Like, sure. instead right. of how we never thought that, like – like you get just as much, if not more, accomplished mm-hmm. in two days a week because you come in. It's no BS. You yeah. know, the two days a week we're open four or five hours. You, the guys, the girls, they come in, they get to it, they get their training right. in, and well, then yeah, and we have people driving three hours to get right. here too. Yeah. Right. So like that's not sustainable long term. Like you you can't do that four or five nights a week. Well, and it wasn't just that. It would because we were had we were had so many hours. Like there was many times, like one guy shows up mm-hmm. yeah. on like a a Wednesday at yeah. three in the afternoon, <laughs> and it's one guy. Yeah, because there was no set. That you right. know what I mean. And I, I just I don't know why. It, there were no training classes either. The way we do no. it now with the beginner class, yeah. you know, we start on twelve week cycles. It's it's great, you know. So and it's, yeah, so was, you have a day and and one yeah. guy in Keenan Creed sitting there in the ring, yeah. right? Looking mm-hmm. and he wants to train, and at that point, neither me or Mark want to get in the ring anymore. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. you know our our bumps it. cards are punched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? we had nothing. So yeah, it was just um, yeah, it was just I mean God, but you know, you know, like we we what what we brought it a wrestling school in Maryland, what it was at the time prior to us, like we were like we got we th- I remember a conversation with King Kong Bundy up in Pennsylvania, 
and he's and we're still, we got a wrestling school we got you know ring we got a fax machine we have telephone <laughs> lines yeah. you know oh you know it's full service fa- training facilities but he's like oh you guys got showers oh no yeah <laughs> you, guys got, you guys got weights no, no. and he goes you're destined for greatness destined yeah, for yeah, 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 yeah. but you know the other schools that we had uh, or we went to they had um a payphone in there and that was <laughs> yeah it. yeah you know and a few wrestling posters on the wall that was it Right. You know, so we did try to make it more professional. We tried to make it more like a real corporation, real business. And we did pretty good for not for knowing two dumb kids. Right. Yeah, with, for two dumb yeah, for kids. For two dumb kids, you know. Um, yeah. We did okay. So but we just didn't know how to get past that part, you know. <laughs> I see traces of that office and the way it was set up in oh, this yeah. room here. Yeah. Like just the way there were pictures all over the wall and different bits of memorabilia from, you know, your past and your past. And that's kind of what I feel like we've yeah, we kind of done here. in this room. Yeah. Like it, as yeah. soon as like we started putting it all together, it instantly made me think of the office at Bonebreakers. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. it really is amazing for as small as that office was that we didn't kill each other earlier. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for the hours we put in, being in together in that tight environment, in that tight little office every day, no air conditioning. No. We had a space heater, mm-hmm. you know, but it was, uh, we did pretty good. And and, to, and to, to answer your question more, that all had to do with the, the reality of how we put that office together at the time yeah. was part of the fake it till you make right. it. Right, right. Yeah. Because... We didn't have any credibility, so I would, we would, and as we were a couple months leading mm-hmm. up to it, any time I was at an indie show, I would get, you know, Sherry Martell or, mm-hmm. you know, Tita Santana or Greg the Hammer Valentine to, to sign yeah. pictures to Bone Breakers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, when they walked in, it was 50 photos of all these big stars so that when people came in, it seemed like, oh man, this is all all these big stars, two bone breakers, right? Because we were just trying to, because we had no credibility. The same as why, like, I, you know, when we first started, I couldn't even believe people gave us money because, like, li- that's what that was our biggest yeah. fear, and I think it was an insecurity of like, why would anybody pay us a couple thousand dollars? We just opened, we have no students, we've never trained anybody. <laughs> so if someone's sitting down, yeah. realistically, so who have you trained? No one, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know, like, well, you yeah. know, so we, um, we talked about the shows we wrestled on and how we were wrestlers and how yeah. great it was. I think we focused more on that. Yeah. And then of know. course we had like, you know, we had, it, it was kind of like cheers. People, certain people became a part of the office and part of the sign up process <laughs> like Jack Adonis. Oh, absolutely. Who Jack Adonis, <laughs> who fans might remember, who was Dave Witt, may rest in peace. Mm-hmm. He passed away from colon cancer. Mm. 2012. I actually just found mm-hmm. his little card from his service today but when Jack I was, was Yeah, he was wow. a childhood friend of my brother's, um, Pete, but was literally the funniest man oh, I've ever met. Yeah, life, ever. 100%. Never oh, yeah. met another human being that w- was funnier than Dave Witt, Jack oh, Adonis, God. and had comedic timing like... He should have been um, a celebrity. He should have been like an, a world-famous comedian. He was like that good. He was that good, yeah. And on the cuff thinking. Um, yeah. And he, like, it started just him sitting in the office when people would come, when a guy would came in and sat out, remember, <laughs> and the guy turned and said, are you a wrestler? And he said, I am. Yep. <laughs> and he said, who am? Like, he's like, the guy's like, oh, what's your name? And he said, 
Jack Adonis, <laughs> brother of Adrian Adonis. You know what I mean? He was like, really? And then he the did it to like, me, and I believed it for yeah, years. Like, I you know, never knew how to take him. He would get me with stuff all the time. I all remember when I he first was, started, yeah. I was like, oh, like I fell for everything he said until I got to know him, and I was like, wow. And me and Mark were sitting there. I remember yeah. that time, and we're trying to sign these guys up. And the guy's like, that's amazing. Did you train with your brother? And Jack's like, nope, Marty Jannetty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, quick draw Rick McGraw. <laughs> the quick draw, yeah. Because <laughs> it, he got trained by quick draw quick draw rick mcgraw because it was his brother's last dying wish yes. that's right <laughs> now the funny thing is, is adrian adonis died in a car wreck so it's like <laughs> he's going over a cliff and goes if there's nothing else <laughs> yeah if my brother could be trained by quick draw rick did McGraw. he go over a cliff yeah he went yeah, over a cliff yeah, yeah, the whole car did yeah, yeah the whole car, car went over yeah, yeah. Wrestlers, so yeah. it's for you know like, really and they all die no i don't think they all died but adrian adonis adrian adonis did yeah yeah, wow. but Jack had that. It was his last was, dying wish. Yeah. You know, like, unbelievable <laughs> timing, impeccable comedic timing, yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah. And then it became like a staple because Jack, and of course, Jack was not a wrestler. <laughs> no. Right, he was not a wrestler, and he had never had any training. But then all of a sudden, like, dude, well, like sitting. Then he wanted to sit in anytime oh, yeah. there was someone to come. You know what I mean? And we just did. And we just it would be hard to sit there, and he would just. Yeah, say stuff to try to get us to oh, crack, absolutely. and just crack while we're yeah. talking to the people. The most ridiculous, but, and stuff. he did it so expertly. So, like you would, great. you would think. Like, I remember yeah. him yeah. looking at me, me in the eye, and telling me he was Adrian Adonis' little brother. And I was yeah. like, "Wow!" I wow. looked at Mark, and Mark yeah. was like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> you know." Like, so. He never wrestled, but he had the finishing move, the Leaning Tower of Adonis. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 and a, a story, a funny story, because Jack was he was so good. Um, this was like one of the best ribs ever when he came to the Teamsters Hall. I mean, imagine this. He comes to the Teamsters Hall to watch me, and he had started to get to know us, uh-huh. mm-hmm. to watch me and Mark wrestle. And he and he was a childhood friend of my brother's, but he had he like he was the guy that like took me to the first live wrestling show. So he like comes, so he he was enjoying himself, and he brings his softball team, and they're in the Teamsters Hall drinking. And he comes to the back, and Axel had fell in love with him, too. Everybody fell in love with Jack. Oh, gosh, he was, he was so easy so, to love. Mm-hmm. So good. And we jokingly we jokingly tell him, like, we're going to put you in the Battle Royal. Do you remember this? At the Teamsters Hall. It wasn't MCW. It was on, MEWF. Yeah. And we tell – so he's sitting – He so we come up with this with him, and he's like, oh, my God, really? So he goes back to his seat, and then he's – so imagine you're with a bunch of your friends, and you're at a pro wrestling show, and your buddy says – I'm going to the bathroom. So we had got him back and got him signed in with a commission with that and slipped back out. So his friends yeah. thinks he's going to the bathroom and he's like, and I'm going to get a couple beers and his friends are sitting there. He slips in the back and all of a sudden the, <laughs> the, 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 the single music playing and the guys are coming for the battle Royal and Jack, Got in and went to the ring. And they're like, what you the? Know, and yeah. You his, know, like, his yeah, buddies, his yeah. whole softball team is like, what? Their mind's blown. They're like, oh, my God. And he's just and he's yelling at people. And me and Axel in the back, we yeah. were, like, crying, laughing. Yep. And he was like a natural. He got in there. He got oh, thrown out, like, right away. But his softball team uh-huh. was going insane. It's like the best rib <laughs> ever. We just couldn't watch them. They're just like, what is happening? He went to the bathroom, but now he's going to the ring. Yeah. The Only Jack. So it was, yeah, it was only God, Jack. Great. Only Jack. Great God, stories, great. great memories, great ribs. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're going right, to talk yeah. a little bit more about them, but we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back after this Internet Station Identification. 
All right, we are back here on the MCW cast with Mark the Shark Schrader. Now, I want to take you back to um, some of the early days in MCW history. Um, one of the things that set us apart back then and still does to this day is bringing in big name guests um, mm-hmm. to not just sign autographs, but to actually wrestle on the show and surprise guests. That's something that we've continued to this day and got its origins. So, mm-hmm. what are some that stick out in your mind as the most memorable? S- uh, because I was in the office, this was more Danny's thing. What? Who did Danny book today? Um, yeah. <laughs> and how are we going to afford that? Or, or Axel? God, Axel would bring go up to ECW and then act like, oh, you can come down to my promotion. How much you want? Sure, we'll pay it for you. <laughs> so let's circle back before we get to okay. that, and we'll revisit Axel. Yeah. So, because um, that's something that actually almost put us out of business, mm-hmm. um, yeah. probably early. Like we had actually, and, and that was one of the. So that's a good good that you bring that up it's like i think of it that was that was actually one of the big tension points where things started to get um bad with me and mark because in that 97 98 99 time frame when we started bone breakers that was the monday night wars and and that monday night wars came six months after yeah it was organic and it was we didn't realize how lucky we were yes like it, we um we had a we we were two dumb kids started a wrestling school, and we ended up with a horseshoe up our butt that we didn't realize we had, because the all of a sudden wrestling got super hot with the Monday Night Wars, and everybody wanted to be a pro wrestler, so there was a time where we probably had fifty thousand dollars in the bank, mm-hmm. because. People were signing up to the school left and right. Oh, yeah. And we were two guys that barely had nickels rubbed together, and we got 50 grand in the bank. Yeah. 40, 50 grand in the bank, which it's a lot of money now, but in 97, in 98, it was, you know, it's like 100 grand in the bank. Yeah. Because people were just signing up to the school like crazy, and then most of them would quit. I mean, we didn't do classes at the time, so. But it was, you know, five guys walk in. It was crazy. Like, yeah. and we, we just thought this is how it's going to be, but we didn't realize it was because the timing of the business and everybody wanted to be a pro wrestler because yeah. the Monday Night Wars. Then we started MCW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we lost $50,000. Yep. Like in the first six months. Oh, yeah. With, in under a year. We literally, we almost wiped out everything. Yeah. Because... <coughs> At the time, then this is, we've talked about this, this is where I say it's something I took where like, it was my mistake where you and I disagreed and I was wrong, you were right. We wanted to have, we wanted to be set apart by having these stars mm-hmm. and having like surprise names come in and things like that. But I was so used to independent wrestling shows being 10 and $12 tickets that I couldn't fathom that people would pay more than that, not even really considering well, we're, you know, we're, we're giving them these premium guys. And Mark was like, we got to charge more for tickets. I'm like, no, we got to do this. So we'd have seven, 800 people and we'd still lose mm-hmm. money because oh, yeah. we got 10 and $12 tickets. So it's only an $8,000 gate yeah. and the right. show costs 14. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be like, okay, well, we just got to keep, you know, I, I, and, that's, and we would butt heads. And then oh, all of yeah. a sudden in six, seven months and it's like, dude, we had 50 grand in the bank. Like in six months, yeah. we've lost it all, you know? Um, so we, we, um, 
we didn't understand. We learned quickly. And I remember <coughs> sitting in tears at the Salisbury Armory. Oh, my remember God. Remember, I lost it. That was, I lost Ugh. it. We were, you know, mm-hmm. friggin' $12,000. So we had Yokozuna. Yeah. We were trying to do too much too fast. Too much too fast. The headbangers. And yeah. we had 30 people paid. Mm. Was it that like many? Wow. Salisbury <laughs> yeah. Armory was like 30 people God. paid. Yeah. And I remember that was tour. That was, and I remember I broke down and cried. Yeah. Like in yeah. the lot, you know what I mean? I was just like, what are we, what's going on? Right. Like this was going so good and then we started MCW and then that's where a lot of tension started. It was like, yeah. this was your idea. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was this? We were, we were doing good yeah. just doing the school. You know? Yeah. yeah. And then when we didn't, we were, we were young and dumb and, and um, yeah, we're just like, man, we're not just going to do this one show here. Mm-hmm. We're going to run Salisbury, Maryland mm-hmm. and Denton, Maryland and we're going to run in Delaware mm-hmm. and Chestertown. Chestertown. Yes. Do you remember oh Chestertown? Yeah. yeah, it was all the way across yeah. that bridge. Paul, Paul and we West literally, Virginia. Paul, Paul, yeah. <laughs> oh like we God. wiped out <laughs> forty to $50,000 yeah, in, the, in under mm-hmm. a year. Oh, yeah. And MCW was gone. Yep. And then Axel Lovely was Axel. assisted that love. Because Axel <clears throat> liked to tell everybody, and at the time, he was in ECW, and he would tell everybody how the success of all of this was ours. And the thing was, people on the outside, it seemed like it was successful because mm-hmm. there'd be 700 people at the Patapsco Arena. Right. Yeah. But we lost $6,000 on the show. Right. right. But it seemed that the people were like, oh, my God, these guys are packing the place. 1,700 people at Michael's 8th Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, lose. Right. With uh, Steve. Steve. Steve Wilkos. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, so, we, um, so Axel was using that, and he was telling everybody MCW was his. Mm-hmm. And he was getting himself over, like, with guys in the locker room with ECW, and he'd tell us, Sabu, just come down and show up. We'll use you as a surprise. So we'd be there at the MCW Arena, or not MCW Arena, Patapsco Arena. And the shows are, and all of a sudden, Sabu walks in. <laughs> and then Axel be like, oh, yeah, just give him a 1000 bucks." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He'll right. run out. and You know what I mean? And we'd be like, and this went on. Mm-hmm. And that's where things really started getting bad with us and Axel. Yeah. This literally went on, like. Seven or eight shows in a row. Oh, yeah. Spike Dudley, Candido, and Sonny. Most of those surprises mm-hmm. were really surprises. <laughs> yeah, we <were> surprises. <laughs> they surprised wow. even the like office. Like, they walk in and, and yeah. be like, oh, just, this is going to, you know, get us a working relationship with ECW. And we're like, dude, we're, we're, we're taking a bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can't give Tommy yeah. Dreamer a thousand bucks to just show up and wrestle and go out and DDT somebody. Because yeah. we're already losing six grand on right. the show. Mm-hmm. And that's where tensions and luckily we were able to readjust we moved to michael's we adjusted ticket prices mm-hmm. started to still not what we should have been right and um <clears throat> yeah and it was that was where like so that was kind of the first yeah six well, months to a year we almost we almost lost everything we almost went totally yeah. even wow. now ticket prices comparatively speaking i mean 20 bucks for a general admission ticket here and you look at WWE and, you know, what they charge to get, you know, for obstructed view seats, you know, for a yeah. house show even. Well, what they were charging, you know, pre-global gimmick days. Right. But, uh, you know, I would say that our ticket prices have not risen incrementally with inflation, you right. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, that's and that's one of the appeals of indie wrestling, of course, is, you know, that it's, you know, affordable for affordable just about for everybody. Family, yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that was they were the they uh, were the beginning and almost the ending. And our answer was, we need to be in the office earlier, right? <laughs> and we were That's around it. each other more. We need to be here more. <laughs> and that, yeah, we need to be and in at eleven said, o'clock. 
you know, we need to we yeah. need uh, we need to focus on stuff that that's right. got us to the dance. We need to focus on the school. Right. Let's do an Arn Anderson book signing <laughs> <laughs> at the school. We'll get five thousand copies. <laughs> Did you really get five thousand? It was it was ridiculous. It was like a thousand. It was probably a thousand copies. I have one of them. And they're, I think for being one of the thirty me, people. And well, honestly, it was from RJ. Honestly, yeah. fifty maybe. Yeah, we maybe, maybe. got fifty people yeah. that did, but obviously we paid. You got to pay for, for a thousand book. books up front from the mm, publisher. Mm, mm, yeah, so we then for the next, we probably still have them on the gimmick table. And this was <laughs> twenty years later. Yeah. I think there's probably six <laughs> yeah. left. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're right. Think, They're right think, next to the Kelly Bell CDs. Yes, oh right. My God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was ridiculous. And then so of course we took a humongous bath. Oh, we did. And then it was like, what the F? Mm-hmm. Like, we can't win. And that was like that Arn Anderson book signing was right around right around that time. when, And it was just like the icing on the cake. But, it was. you know, we were able to, to adjust um, for a couple years until, you know, we pulled a gun on each other. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. So really, none of the, none of the surprises were Mark's favorite because uh, or memorable because Clearly. they all were. Well, they all were. <laughs> How do we there, pay for this? There were some in the later years of MCW because to give him a shout out, Tom Casati. Oh my God, Tom Casati. When Tom Casati would come in and he flipped mm-hmm. the bill. Yep, you're oh, right. For, um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't at first, but yeah, Tom Casati. Hey, bro. Yeah. Uh, he would flip the. Um, yeah. He would flip. He would. He would cover some of the guys. Like, You're he right. covered Yokozuna the one time at Michael's 8th Avenue. He was a surprise. Because we yeah. were like, he was like, hey, bro, can you use Yokozuna? Rodney just released from the WWE. And we're like, dude, we got 300 tickets sold. Right. And then he said, I'll take care of him. Just put him on the show. And we yeah, we did the surprise. And that was a funny moment, too. Oh, my um, God. <clears throat> I remember this. That was a funny moment, too. Do you remember poor Shannon Moore? Yeah. yeah. So WCW and all was hot. It was like the Monday Night Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It was the Monday Night Wars. So wrestling was red hot. And Tom Casati flips the bill for Yokozuna to come in. So Michael's 8th Avenue, Michael's 8th Avenue, they like lose their mind. Because again, it's like, you know, Yokozuna at the time, it's equivalent to like all of a sudden we're here at the MCW arena and Roman Reigns comes out. Mm-hmm. A top guy. World change, you know. People yeah, be fresh like, off what? TV. What? Fresh mm-hmm. off TV. Is like, this the match that made it into the Bruiser? The, the, the Bruiser. Yeah, the documentary. The documentary. Yeah. The documentary. That's what yeah. I thought. Okay. So, at, on advertised surprise, Yokozuna comes out fresh off WWE TV as a main eventer for years, and Michael's Eighth Avenue loses their mind. They do a six man. Mm-hmm. Yokozuna, you know, drops the leg for the finish, and then like two matches later, Shannon Moore. Who wasn't had didn't really have TV exposure. He was a Carolina guy coming up with Matt and Jeff Hardy, and he comes out, but he comes out the the Dallas Page's music, but the like you know when Dallas Page was using like Nirvana, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was the mm-hmm. same the right rip off, yeah, the cheap rip off, the rip off. But he comes out to the real like Nirvana, you know, the song, the you know. So he comes. The mu- do you remember this? The music hit, and the place because they just they saw just Yokozuna. <laughs> oh, these guys have right, Yokozuna. Right. They'll probably have DDP too. Yeah. Oh so God. the place, Yoko, like Michael's Eighth Avenue, explodes, explodes. and Shannon <laughs> Moore Shannon comes Moore. out. The people <laughs> go for what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and I felt no. terrible. Yeah. We were cracking up in the back, but felt horrible for Shannon Moore. Because it was like I realized, like as it as the music hits, and like Michael's eighth, I was like, "Oh my god, he got Dallas Page too!" 
who is this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember feeling terrible. Like, it was just bad timing of that song and entrance, like, two matches after Yokozuna just did a surprise the appearance. The one thing I remember, and I, I, I'm, I guess it's – I hope it's that show, but he was he came out right away, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's in match one. The 600-pound guy is going to drop a leg, and what happens with the oh, ring God. goes down? We don't have a backup. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> then what do we do? That was, we Lots of refunds. You know. That was the biggest locker room. <sighs> like, I couldn't eat. I was so scared yeah. because that ring, that was before we had all the additional support in it. Correct. And the bars were already bending a little. Yep. The bar, mm-hmm. That's why the bars. Mm-hmm. So when he did, I remember we did it for the sake of the pop to start the right. show off. But after it, and then when the match was happening, I didn't even think. And I'm like, oh my God. I like walked away and couldn't even watch. I was just <laughs> listening for the leg drop because I'm like, yeah. he's right. If this <laughs> ring collapses, you match have the whole one, rest of the mm-hmm, show. <laughs> we got nothing. Yeah. And he didn't. Thank God the ring held up, yes. obviously. By the grace yeah. of God, yeah. it supported it held up. But yeah, it, yeah. Was, um, it was something else. R- real quick, I want to jump in here. You know, Dan, you've talked about a lot of the times on the, uh, you know, in previous episodes of the cast how. One of your favorite things to do was to take one of your students and then give them that time with like a recognizable star that had been brought in. Mm -hmm. Well, Mark, I feel like that you did that exact same thing with me. One of the first things you gave me to do was to like hold the money for the Polaroids. So like if we had Jerry the King Lawler or Brian Christopher in there, I would start out behind the merch table with you taking money. But you would, you know, give me a fanny pack and go up there with a student (laughs) like Davey Boy you know what, uh, Davey, remember Davey Boy, yeah, you know? Yeah. And he would stand there yeah. as security, and I would just take the $10 for, yeah. for the Polaroids. And this is going somewhere. It's going to my favorite surprise was when we got Eddie Guerrero, fresh uh, yeah. out of rehab. Not fresh out of WWE, but mm-hmm. WWE had, fresh out of rehab, had right. sent him to rehab, yeah. and he had started to get his uh, you know wheels back underneath right. him by doing the indies. And I remember by that time, you guys had given me the sheet the liability release form to take around to everyone and get them to sign off yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Even Eddie Guerrero, even the biggest you know person that you bought in. And I'll never forget, when I went up to Eddie Guerrero, Mark, you were behind me, and you were behind me, and I didn't realize it. Um, and it was because you wanted to ask Eddie to do the honors for Flash, Flash that Flash, night. Yeah, yeah. Flash, right. And um, right. you know, when I got him to kind of agree to do that, you kind of talk business with him but i just remember the two of you were behind me at that point to like i guess not like intimidate him or anything but be like hey we're legit and this is our office guy he's legit so let's talk this right now let's talk this business right and then but eddie guerrero wasn't he wasn't a surprise right he was advertised we had we advertised yeah. Guerrero. I, I, I think, I we, think did. we did. Okay, yeah. he wasn't a surprise, him. but he was a, a big name. A big name, yeah. Still, and um, you know, the tail end of that story was that then, um, you know, Flash was given the boo boo face about, you know, I don't want to do anything. You know, I don't really want to <clears> go off the top. And yeah, here's the story. And um, <clears throat> I know Adam Flash always agreed it, but it this disagreed with it. But this is really how it happened. Um, <clears throat> he was. I asked, I, I it was, and I had to sit down with Eddie. Eddie really handled it like a business. Like, okay, like, you want me to put this kid over? Um, and we sat down and we talked about it. We talked business, the business aspect of it. Because he was talking, also talking about, like, coming back for more. But Eddie was, he was pretty expensive. But, I mean, like, look back now. 
Yeah. It was <laughs> one of the greatest ever, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. well worth, worth it. it. You know? Yeah. Um, and he, uh, so we worked out the business end of him doing the job. And then he, then, and he was, he offered to, he, he just said he'll, he'll, he can beat me with his finish. Like we were like, you know, trying to come up with like a screw job. And he's like, he just, he said, he can beat me with your finish. What's your finish? And Flash said, you know, the leg drop off the top. Last and resort. The last resort. And Eddie was like, okay. And they agreed it. But Eddie was going to hit the three. Amigos. Amigos brain busters. Mm-hmm. And then right before the match, right before it came up, right before they went out. So this is what, this is hearsay, but hearsay from Eddie Guerrero. This is what he told me. So he said right before the match, Flash came up to him and said, like, my back's hurt. My back's hurt. Um, I can't do the three amigos. We got to switch that. My lower back's killing me. And then Eddie said, said he said to him, so then I guess we need to get rid of the leg drop off the top. Eddie's thinking, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Right. The lower back yeah. kills yeah, your lower back. Absolutely. The leg drop off the yeah. top. Mm-hmm. And Flash says, no, I can still do that. <laughs> so then Eddie said to himself, like, this kid just doesn't want to take my... And he mm-hmm. got insulted. So what happened was Eddie and... So if you watch that match I, and it's on I our have, YouTube... I have, yeah. Yeah, I know where this okay. is going. Eddie blew Flash up. 100%. Just blew him up to where <laughs> he was completely exhausted. And you can watch the match. To where, like, I think Adam was, like, almost to the point of, like, vomiting. Did, like after he, so he hit the last resort and pinned him, he stood Eddie, right pop, up. Eddie popped up what, and looked so down at him. But as, a, as if to say, mm-hmm. F you. Right. Mm-hmm. Basically. Right. F you. You know what I mean? Like, you can hit your finish, but I can't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Eddie took it as insane. And what happened was, like, it really bothered Eddie. Like, he, he was kind of brief after the match. But he called me, and he didn't even have my number. He got, because I think someone else had booked him. He, I think I booked him through maybe Mike O'Brien. He called Mike and got my cell number and called me during the day, like, two days later. And was like, this has been eating me up for, like, two days. And said, this is what happened. And he said, I just got so insulted that, like, this, he's like, that this guy's, like, you know, you, you can hit, you, you, I can't, you, I, you can't take my, my, my game, I'm going to hit you, the three on your back, but you can hit a leg drop off the top. So he was basically like, he felt like Adam was saying he didn't trust him for the three brain mm, busters. Mm. And he said he just took it as a personal insult. So we said, I, I went out there and I, I put him over, but I he was like I blew him up. Like outclassed I knew I was him. blowing him up. Basically just outclassed him. Yeah. Like, you know, like basically to say to him, like, you're not even in the same league as me. But I did the job for mm-hmm. you and I stood up afterwards to look at you and be like, I did the job for you, but you're not even you're not even close to being in my league. And and I remember distinctly mm-hmm. Flash's abdomen was going up and down so yeah. <laughs> fast. Yeah. He was yeah. sucking all the wind out of the first couple rows of uh, yeah. Michael's 8th Avenue. But yeah, that was uh, that's one that I'll always and that's remember. that's not the trash flash. That's legit, you know? Like, in, that's it is what it is. He's in there with Guerrero. Yeah, he, but he would always get mad. Like, I would tell that story and Flash would always... That's where, like, me and Adam Flash would have this heat over the years. He hated me telling this, but, like, it just, that's what happened, man. Like, and this is, mm-hmm. again, here, like, that's Eddie Guerrero's version. And if you watch the tape, it kind of matches up with what he, and, but he, he called, like, two days later, and we talked for a while, and he's just like, it was unprofessional. And he talked about, like, I just coming out of rehab. I shouldn't have been like that. He was like, 
but I had no problem doing a job to this kid. And when he called off that spot right before, like mm-hmm. right before right, the match, right. and then was yeah. like, I can still hit my finish. He said, I just got so insulted, I went out there and stretched him. But you did things like that, trying to get the guys over. Trying and to get putting over, the right. guys in with the big names, <clears throat> not just having two big names work together. You had you tried to build the guys up. <clears throat> and I remember like my thing with it was like, well, if we're paying Eddie Guerrero this much money, then he should do what we want. Why do we have to pay him extra? Like I didn't get that concept where you understood this the is business. just gonna make the promotion better. Yeah. It's an investment. No you know? one and 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 to the credit, like <clears throat> no one in the building it was dead silent when Adam beat oh, him because yeah. no one in the building could believe. Adam Flash just pinned Eddie Guerrero in the right. middle of the ring. Yeah. You know, right. That's not the finish anyone was expecting. No. So no. Yeah, I always felt like that was good for shows to make people like not because on so many how many indie shows would you go to and the name always beats Right. Like Any, you know the finish right. as soon as the match happens. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen in MCW. Yeah. You know, even mm-hmm. Adam Flash could beat Eddie Guerrero. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then you had situations like King Kong Bundy who would refuse to do a job, so I had to <laughs> <laughs> remember I edited the tape and he got so mad on the. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember this. Do you remember that he story, um yeah. he, he, he and it was a. This is how like I love Bundy. Oh yeah, love Bundy. But he was took himself so serious. We had this public access show on Anne Arundel mm-hmm. County TV, mm-hmm. and he was so like I'm not be with Jimmy Cicero. Oh yeah, we wanted him to do a job to Cicero. Right. And he was like, no. And and at the time we were only thinking it was no internet. We didn't stream stuff, so we were only thinking about our show. And we had him lose, and then the and then the, the 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 ref saw the brass knuckles and did a DQ, and the finish was actually a DQ when it happened on the show, right? The live show. But then we took the TV again, little public access right. in Aurora right. County, and we edited out the the re- decision reversal right. and just had Cicero beat him. Yeah, and Bundy got wind of it. <laughs> And he was mad at me for years yeah. mm-hmm. oh, over yeah. that. Like, he would really mad when I we'd call him to book him. He'd be like, you got, I got to edit up a tape of the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not. He was so mad. And it, yeah. at the, the scheme of things, it was like, come on, Chris. Like, yeah. it's, it's a public access show. In yeah. He was really mad over it. Was it national TV? We yeah. on yeah. USA Network. Yeah, it was yeah. Bowie Cable and it aired <laughs> in Anne Arundel right. County. It aired yeah. three in the morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> a total of like seven people watched it. Right. You know, but he was mad at me for yeah. years. Like he never let me forget it. Well, that's interesting. You bring that up. I was actually thinking of Bundy in my head. I remember yeah. when we had Bundy and Harrington. That was my only time with him. I was kind of excited now to work with the stars that were being bought in. Yeah. And Mark, you were like, "No, no, I'll I'll take care of Bundy. Don't you don't you don't talk to him. I'll I'll take care of his Polaroids and everything." And you were like, "And whatever you do in the back, don't go around his area. Don't touch his chair. Don't touch his anything." Yeah, he was a funny dude. Yeah, Bundy and I used to have like, I remember we were trying to go to, we were paying everybody with five checks, which everybody back then was getting cash, and now we went checks, and we were putting out ten ninety nines, blah blah blah. So I, Bundy's like, "Ah, if I need, if you're gonna give me uh, pay me by check." I need $200 more. So, well, Bundy, since I'm giving you cash, can I pay you $200 less? <laughs> He's yeah. like, you're destined for greatness, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's old school. Greatness. Yeah. He was a character. I love Yeah, Bundy. he was something else. Yep. Yes, he indeed. We've seen a lot of characters come through the halls of MCW mm-hmm. over, over the years. And, um, and you know, we're, we're getting there to the point that we're going to see a lot more, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the, the Fan Fest coming up. 
uh, pretty soon. I know a lot of our viewers are looking forward this to weekend. that. Yeah. It's coming up this weekend. That's right. Yeah, May our Game Fest, May 8th. That's Matt right. Cardona is going to be right here in the MCW Arena, as it were, in Joppa, Maryland. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, Mark, you're an instrumental figure in, in how we how we got to the dance. So right. uh, it's you. just such a great, great feeling to have you here to reminisce about some of the many characters that have come through here and that you kind of paved the way for us to still be doing right. in this day and age. Thank you guys for having me. We uh, it's about that time, isn't it? Oh, is it about that time? It's your for, time. Yeah, it's your my time, time. My time. So if you don't know, Mark, the general manager of MCW Pro is a man by the name of Phil Stamper, and uh, every single week he gives us the indie roundup, and I love it because I just feel like I'm being filled in, and our fans are about to be filled in. So without any further ado, let's take it to Phil and listen to what's going on on the indies. Hey, everybody, this is Phil Stamper with another independent wrestling roundup. Had an awesome opportunity to go to Oklahoma this past weekend, my first time in Oklahoma. Went to Oklahoma exclusive, solid event. Glad to go out there. Got Glad to see some old friends that I hadn't seen in a minute. Um, and it happened to be the very first date of the no mask mandate in Oklahoma, which, well, you know, your opinion as to whether or not that might be a little bit too early or not, looking at their their case rates and, and, and stuff, you know. I still wore my mask in places and inside the venue masks were uh, recommended, but not required. But it was interesting to be in a room full of people shoulder to shoulder again, where about 70% of the people were wearing masks, but the comfort level people had with each other, whether you were, had a mask on or not. And that was what it was. Uh, that was really what it was about that. You know, I'm not going to yell at you for not having a mask and you're not yelling at me for having one. It was like, Oh, you have a mask on. Okay, cool. Oh, you don't have a mask on. Okay, cool. And, and that felt the, kind of like the right pacing and maybe as we come together for events as more and more events start to happen that may be the tone that we need to really take with each other uh this coming weekend i'm going to be up in west virginia for showtime championship wrestling alliance really looking forward to being back up there again um let's share with what's happening on iwtv go to iwtv.live or check out their app on ios and android devices new episodes tonight from new south action class web uh, excuse me, Nate Webb's Dirtbag Kitchen and Absolute Intense Wrestling. Then on Wednesday, new episodes from Limitless Wrestling out of Maine and the full Paradigm Pro Paulcade, which was a benefit event um, for animal wear- welfare. Then on Thursday, brand new episodes from C4 and Beyond Wrestling. And then on Friday night, a full Limitless Wrestling event. And on Saturday, Premier Wrestling's Ducks Fly Together. Now, this was a benefit for Lance Lude. Lance Lude, tremendous wrestler. Um, who uh, is going through cancer treatment right now. So there'll be opportunities where you can help uh, contribute uh, for him to hope uh, hope for his uh, overall health, uh, health and wellness. Um, and there will be ways that you can donate to uh, his benefit fund. Um, then over on Fight TV on Friday night, new events from AAW Pro and episodes one through four of New Japan's New Japan Cup. And then on Saturday, PWA from Australia. Now, let's jump into the calendar for some more events that you can go to, starting with tomorrow night, Wednesday, April 5th, Pro Wrestling All-Stars of Detroit, out of Detroit, Michigan, out of Texas, Austin Wrestling Revolution. Then on Thursday, the 6th, um, you can check out out of Georgia, WWA4, out of Massachusetts, Beyond Wrestling, out of Rhode Island, Extreme Wrestling Alliance, out of Tennessee, 127 Pro Wrestling. Then on Friday, out of Alabama, Pro South Wrestling, out of Colorado, two events from Lucha Libre and Laughs. I mean, just by the name, I'm in, I'm interested. Uh, out of Connecticut, Blitzkrieg Pro. Out of Georgia, Southern Honor Wrestling. Out of Maine, 
Limitless Wrestling out of North Carolina, Extreme World Wrestling out of Ohio, Future Great Wrestling out of Tennessee, Piledriver Pro Wrestling, Resolute Wrestling, and Southern Wrestling Federation. And then out of Texas, events from Texoma Pro and a joint event from Main Event Wrestling Academy and Top of Texas Wrestling. Um, then on Saturday the 8th, out of Alabama, Wrestle South, out of Arkansas, Revolutionary Wrestling Entertainment, out of California, West Coast Wrestling Company, out of Florida, um, American Combat Wrestling and ESPN Northwest Florida, as well as Generation Championship Wrestling and World Extreme Wrestling. Then out of Georgia, Southern Wrestling Association, WrestleMerica, and WWA4. Then out of Illinois, Zawa out of Indiana, Emerge Wrestling, out of Oh, excuse me. I was going to say Ohio, but it's really Iowa. Iowa Impact Pro Wrestling out of Kentucky, Kentucky Zone Wrestling out of Mexico, Criminal Lucha Libre out of Michigan, Horror Slam out of Mississippi, Elevate out of Mississippi as well, Independent Championship Wrestling also out of Florida. Oh, I already said that one uh, out of New Jersey, Pro Wrestling Magic out of North Carolina, Heroes to Legends Wrestling and Nawa Pro Wrestling as well as Tar Heel Championship Wrestling. Out of Oklahoma, Core Pro Wrestling. Out of South Dakota, Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Out of Tennessee, Crux Wrestling. Out of also Gem City Wrestling, Tennessee All Pro Wrestling, Tennessee Wrestling Alliance. Then out of Texas, Metroplex Wrestling. Out of West Virginia, All-Star Wrestling and Showtime Championship Wrestling Alliance as well as World Domination Wrestling Alliance. Then out of Michigan, Brew City Wrestling. And then on Sunday, the 9th, out of Florida, Extreme Global Championship Wrestling, and out of Tennessee, School of Morton, airing live on their Facebook page every Sunday night at 5.05 p.m. Uh, that's it for me this week with the Independent Wrestling Roundup. I hope you're having a great one, and I'll talk to you all very, very soon. And we are back here live every Tuesday at 8. And, um, Mark, I think we Tara was letting us know we had a huge response for, for questions from our coffee club members that knew you were going to be our guest and uh, wanted cool. to shoot some, some questions to you. So... Right. Uh, Tara, you wanted to fire any of those off to our guest, Mark the Shark? Yes, I have got those. I'm pulling them up right now. We have a lot of great questions. Um, let's see. All right. For fans who don't know your in-ring work, what matches from MCW should they look up to find out more about Mark the Shark, the wrestler, not just the promoter? I don't know. Um, I don't <laughs> I remember. Didn't, I didn't I mean, mean I mean, to yeah. stump you with that I'm, one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm stumped. I think, uh, you know, the last match with uh, Gregory Martin was pretty good. Um, oh, you had some good I matches. I remember I that one, matches. yeah. But, uh, God, that's been so long ago. Um, yeah, and I, I Shamrock, think, um, the, sh the original, sh um, when I wrestled Shamrock at the Patapsco Arena. That was, yeah. That was and I, I think, um, I think, um, one of the things like we've done <clears throat> for your wrestling legacy, you know, in MCW as the, the founder, as the co-founder of MCW, to protect your legacy is we, we haven't put any of your matches on YouTube. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no my, the reality is matches was I think with Larry at the Hard Rock. Truthfully, that was like your last match. I think, I think it was. Yeah. A lot of those. Yeah. A lot of actually. The reality is a lot of those that were only on like VHS, a lot of them yeah. haven't made it yeah. because we got to get them yeah. transferred. Probably the if uh, on our YouTube page, it's probably nothing from the first 
couple years, which mm-hmm. we have to. We got to get a lot of that stuff, but you got to get it converted because there was no DVDs. Yeah, right. we got the VHS tapes, but we just the haven't. Quality conver- is the qualities really the quality at the time. The guys that were filming, they were beginning and doing it. And sometimes we were filming with. Sometimes we were filming with our own. Camcorder, like hand held, yeah. the, the big thing where you put the tape in, yeah, yeah with one angle, mm-hmm. like not oh even a, like a, a little slow zoom. So not, and then we'd make copies of those at our parents' house, like what a, uh-huh. you know, we got two yeah. VCRs hooked up and we're yep. making copies, which would diminish so. the quality of the copy. It so would be even more. Right. That's the that's the big yeah. hang up with unfortunately with a lot of those early years MCW mm-hmm. shows is. Mm-hmm. They are on VHS and very poor VHS. So, and I stopped wrestling. I think within in the first year, in the first a year or two. Yeah. yeah so like, you didn't really have... wrestle. Yeah. I... Most of your stuff that was good, actually, <clears throat> it was MEWF. Correct. Probably the best match you, that match you for the MEWF title with Axel. Axel was a good at one at the Teamsters yeah. Hall. That was probably that was like good. that was that was a really good match, and the people exploded. Yeah. Axel put you over. Yeah. yeah. Right for the MEWF Shocking. title, and um. That was I remember that being yeah. like a great match, but I, again, Chris even, Candido, <laughs> even those days, yeah. even those days, same type thing. Yeah. What they what those matches were shows were being filmed with like a personal camcorder. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I'm sure they exist somewhere. Well, it's interesting <laughs> you bring up that Mark's best matches were his MEWF days because I understand that between uh, Chad Austin and they have been digitizing a lot of those old MEWF shows. Um, And I don't know if they're sharing them on like an MEWF Facebook, you know, private account or something like that. But a lot of that stuff is being preserved and digitized right now. Um, So I would love to see eventually some of Mark the Shark's greatest hits getting put up on the YouTube because that was always a sore spot with me. I got to see you wrestle from time to time, but by the time I got immersed, you were like nowhere near any wrestling. Um, I just felt there was too much organization that needed to be done. Did you ever work Shark Boy? Yeah. no, we yes, we. I feel I think like we were tag team up in Delaware. I feel like that happened. Yeah. Like I don't know why that just came yeah. to my mind. I mean, that's I was, a great I question. Like, what about yeah. the Shark Attack Kid? Who I never heard. There, of what was that kid? The Shark Attack Kid. Dude, this is another story. This is an MEWF story. This is a. If Tom Casati is watching this, he'll be dying. Um, it wasn't Shark Boy. I think his name was a Shark Attack Kid. He was a kid in New York. He wrestled at the MEWF, and some of the fans, like Greg, might remember this. He broke his leg, I think, against Shane Shamrock. Like, opening match. Oh, jeez. His leg snapped. Oof. We had to get an ambulance. He had to get ambulanced out. And the next day, the next two days, we were, it's like six of us, Casati. We were going down to Steve Carino's shows in North Carolina. Wow. So when Steve Carino lived in North Carolina. Yeah. This is this reckless lifestyle and un, uncaring lifestyle that we all lived back then. Is, um... We're like, <laughs> well, he got he he's in a hospital in Baltimore because his leg snapped. Right, and we're like, well, he drove from New York with pa- and Pablo Marquez, this guy Pablo Marquez, an indie guy. So we just took his truck and went to North Carolina yeah. <laughs> for Steve Reno's shows wow. and left him in the hospital. Yeah, yeah he didn't need it. He didn't he need it. He's not driving nowhere. Yeah, we'll he didn't need it. We'll, we'll fill it back up with gas. We'll fill it back up. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, and I remember his family was, like, yeah. <laughs> livid because they were like, where's his truck? Right. And it was pre-cell phone days. So oh, if you think about gosh. it, right, in the 90s, it was like we ended up, they tracked us down at, like, a hotel. In, like, North Carolina. Like, where is this truck? And we're like, 
Well, we got it. Like, <laughs> we'll swing back. <laughs> you were like, he would want us to use the truck to get to our next fucking like, <laughs> in North Carolina, <laughs> yeah. five states away. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Wild. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, but we just didn't think because we're like, well, we can't all miss Carino's shows. Right. Like, yeah, we got to be there. It's five yeah. of us. <laughs> right. You know, it was five wow. of us. So we, we took yeah. his his truck and. And and made Carino's dates, and then swung <laughs> wow. back by Baltimore and <laughs> got him his truck back, uh, just in time for him to get out of the hospital with a snapped leg. Yeah. Wow, that, that is indie-rific. <laughs> yeah. I have another question for you. So one of our, our well, not one of, but our hallma- hallmark event of the year is always the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup. Oh yeah. So can you talk for a moment about your memories of Shane Shamrock, your friendship, creating the cup, and the early years of this tournament? One of the toughest people i ever wrestled my god that kid wouldn't quit i mean he was so tough and would wrestle and and could fight my god he could he when we had the boxing gloves down the wrestling school he was not somebody you wanted to ever box with i tell you he was tough kid i mean really tough i knew him a little bit early i knew him previously from the pool rooms and i knew his reputation and i knew he was not a person to mess with that's for sure but we had some great matches, you know. We we were about the same size, so we always got booked together. We wrestled a lot of different places mm-hmm. um, for different promotions around the around the horn. And uh, but yeah, we, we we got along well. I think Shamrock and I were, you know, and we had that pool room connection. We knew a lot of people, and but yeah, and it's um, it is it is the signature event, the Shamrock Cup, you know. So it is. Was he was was he a shooter? Not a shoot wrestler, no. but he was just a tough kid. Tough guy. Okay. Tough kid. Real tough guy. A street tough. Yes. I, I got street it. Street yeah. tough, tough. So, like, if he got you in a headlock, he was taking it home. I mean, he was he was ripping your head off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't give him nothing because he would take advantage. All right. Are there any um, behind-the-scenes decisions that you would have changed in the early days of MCW or any of your own ideas you wish you would have fought for more or insisted on being put into play? Anything? Any regrets? What's that? So we probably talked about. It. I not, think so. Not to take your question, like no, but your yeah. ticket yeah. pricing, the ticket pricing. Okay, I don't know if like there was like anything that. else. Like, I think that's a good one that you, I always. You were really advocating for, but maybe you know, right? Dan uh, said no to. Yeah, that's pretty much. I would say one okay. of the bigger ones. You know, a few things. You know, watching the money more. Maybe, yeah. you know, um, but I didn't have the visions that he had, you know, uh, he, he like Danny had the ideas of the birthday parties and things like that. And I was going, OK, how do we pay for it? And that's why I stopped wrestling. Go to, back to the previous mm-hmm. question, because like when I wrestled uh, Tarantino, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I didn't warm up properly, ripped my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I just had the surgery, you know, two years ago mm-hmm. for that torn rotator cuff. Wow. And that's when I was like, OK, I, that's why I got to stop wrestling. So I wish that I think maybe in the beginning I didn't need to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had just focused more on the administrative stuff, maybe mm-hmm. I'd have done, we'd have done a little bit better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's another one of our fans, Mo and Lisa. They ask, do you have one more match in you? So I think you've just answered that. <laughs> I think it's um, a lot better for people to say, why don't you have another match than to have them say, why did you have another right. match? Yeah. So right. I'm, I'm not at this age. No, right. no chance. And uh, one last question. How did you come up with Mark the Shark? From the pool rooms. And it was VIP Billiards in Catonsville. And I would go to the pool rooms before my match and go, I need another pool cue. And take it off the wall so I could hit somebody over the back with it. Because I was, 
I played pool. Mm-hmm. You hustled. You hustled. Yes, I, right. I did it for a living. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did he didn't it for play a recreationally. Yeah, let's you, say that. Right. I, I, played, I did it for a living. I did it for two years. You yeah. did what so, they used to do with wrestling in the carnivals, like kind of be an unassuming guy that people absolutely. would look up and down and be like, oh, he, I, can, yeah. I can take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And then you would school him. I look like any other kid walking off the beach in Ocean City. And I was in the pool rooms in Ocean City. And, you know, back then, you know, it was right after the movie The Color of Money. Mm-hmm. You know, pool, pool was very popular. And people would gamble, and it paid for my two summers down in Ocean City. It was great, <laughs> you know. Beat a kid. Uh, I beat a kid out of twenty three hundred dollars in nineteen ninety one, and that and that was in June. Wow. And I was like, "That's it for me." Never going back in the pool room. And yeah, I was, I was on the beach every day. Twenty three hundred dollars in ninety one was probably like four, yeah. four or five grand almost. Forty six hundred now. Yeah, yeah. Wow. like that. So, but yeah, it was crazy. But All you right, know, well, so that's where I got the, the Mark the Shark from, and. Makes perfect and there sense. There we go. And there we go. All right. Well, if if you want to ask any of our upcoming guests a question, be sure you become a coffee club member at buymeacoffee.com. And uh, you can get inside scoop and access to ask any of our guests. Um, you'll get an email before we air, and uh, you'll be able to ask them your burning questions. So thank you. Very good. Good episode. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I definitely enjoyed mm-hmm. this, and it's good to be back. Yeah. You know. I got one question before we get All we right. get we take it home. Uh, you have any? Um, you know, we have dealt with a lot of tragedy over the past year. Do you have any good Al Albert stories? Not, not that I could share. I think. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Say no more. Say no more. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I mean, I liked Al a lot. We you know got along very well, and we would hang out sometimes outside of the matches and have a few beers here and there. But yeah, good guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he is missed. Nope. Well, I didn't mean to end on such a somber note there, but uh, just, you know, kind of throwing that out there. And um, Yeah, well, the, you know, I think to lighten it up just a little bit, our lives in this crazy world of professional wrestling are so much more interconnected sometimes than people realize. You know, there's and that's one of the cool things that's come out in the last 16 weeks of doing the show is how many people knew each other outside mm-hmm. of here or, you know, before sure. MCW started. Like just how many times our paths crossed, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and the way that we've become connected and stayed connected 20 plus years later. So yeah. I think that that's really a Absolutely. testament to this magical family that we've mm-hmm. created. You know, you know, we talk about the animosity and stuff, but we still talk all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're buddies and we communicate. And I sure. talk well, we realize how kind of just don't well, we're Yeah. Honest, but, you know. you know, there was such a connection and all the yeah. wild stuff we did. I mean, the connection could, was passion forever. Mm-hmm. It Absolutely. was very right. passion. And, yeah. you know, we did some phenomenal things with the Springer show and. Uh, just going uh, to Jamaica talk about and all that, that stuff. Uh. And, that's, you know, not, that's Mark Schrader episode <laughs> two. Okay, seriously, I think we should do an episode that's just talking about our Springer connections. Oh, my gosh. And, and the times that we spent on, on Springer. Because we all did so many multiple episodes. Yeah, and right. I feel like our fans would enjoy hearing that about stuff, that. You know? Yeah, that was my... We'd still have that connection, you know, all these years and the friendships mm-hmm. that have lasted. And that was my first time on a plane with you, Mark, oh, was my, uh, right, my yeah. Springer episode yeah. in Chicago. Was wow. Uh, we flew out there with those strippers. Right. Dancers. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry, dancers. dancers. Yeah, dancers. Tomorrow yes. we'll be canceled. <laughs> 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 All right, well, that's a topic for another episode. <laughs> so, All right. we'll see you back. Well, thanks again. We'll definitely Thank have you. to have you back for a part two. Plenty more stuff to talk about. Yeah, a lot of stories, that's for sure. That's right, uh, and you know where you can catch us every Tuesday at 8 for another exciting edition of the MCW Cast. <laughs>